0: Many of us are just starting out, buying a home, having babies, and building wealth. Be sure to add securing your family's future to your to-do list by establishing a will or trust at trustandwill.com. At trustandwill.com, setting up an estate plan is simple, convenient, and secure. For as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, determine who gets your stuff, and plan for future medical care from the comfort of your home. Hiring a traditional estate attorney can cost thousands, and using a one-size-fit-all template is not nearly specialized enough. Trust and Will documents are designed by estate planning experts and customized for the state you live in. And with their live customer service support seven days a week, TrustandWill.com's team is available to answer any questions you have while setting up your plan. Trust and Will has a quiz that you can take to see what fits your personal needs. And they are the most trusted name in the online estate planning category. They're a leader on Trustpilot, and they've helped hundreds of thousands of people protect. Their families, assets, and legacy. Gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com/slash/haygirl and get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Don't wait, go right now. This is really important. Get 10% off plus free shipping at trustandwill.com/slash/haygirl. Again, that's trustandwill.com/slash/haygirl. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living.
1: Freedom is self care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips.
0: Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, we have a really special guest. She is a beautiful human being. She has such a light about her her voice, her writing is phenomenal and it really resonates with me and provides me with a sense of calm and healing. And I cannot wait for you all to hear this conversation. I'm sitting down with Jamila Reddy, who is a writer, Buddhist and life coach. Our conversation today touches on manifestation, self-value, self-care and getting free. And Jamila leaves us with so many gems in this episode She dives deep into what self-care looks and feels like to her. She dives deep into career, love, and everything else in between. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Jamila's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How are you? (laughs) I am good. How are you? I'm good, Jamila. Thank you for being on the show with me today. I've been itching to talk to you, so I'm so happy we're able to make this work.
1: Um, it is a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So for people who don't know who you are and what you do, can you give our listeners a little rundown on those things?
1: Yes. Um, I am a writer and I'm... A thinker, I knew this question was coming and I thought about how I wanted to answer it. So I just did a little exercise where I thought to name all of the things that I feel like I am that are separate from the things that I do. Mm. So I'm a writer, a thinker, I'm an explorer, I'm a teacher, I'm a healer. And I really. I really feel like a citizen of the world. Like I feel very much uh, a part of many tribes, small and large. So I enact those identities in lots of different ways, but mostly it's through writing.
0: That is beautiful. Um, Your writing is amazing. And the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is to talk about your voice through writing, but also being a woman of color and in the self-care space, and you're a Buddhist. Um, So I wanted to really tap into those different aspects of your life. How has self-care played a role in who you are today? Because you talk a lot about being your best self and showing up for yourself and pouring into yourself so you can pour into others. How has that helped you on your journey?
1: So for me, self-care is really about, it's, it's a manifestation or an expression of valuing my life. Mm -hmm. And I started to really, honestly, I think, you know, when the Black Lives Matter movement started to pick up, I thought about like, what does it mean for me to believe that? Such that I can convince other people mm-hmm. if that's what I felt like I had to do. I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. Um, but at the time, that was a big question is like, do I believe that I'm valuable? Um, and so self care became a way that I was able to enact my belief. Um, so, you know, if I love myself, I'm going to stay hydrated today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it kind of becomes a little game that I play with myself to see like how, how generously can you love on yourself today? Mm. Um, as like a constant reminder that I am worthy and that I have a gift to offer, that I have to protect the gift. Um, so so thinking of myself as valuable helps me remember to treat myself as such. And I had to believe that I was valuable and that my life was valuable if I, if I was ever to tell anyone that truth for themselves. And that's really what I feel like I'm trying to do is remind people you're so valuable and you're so powerful and you have so much potential and don't sabotage it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love when you make your videos and share them on social media because normally it's what I need to hear. <laughs> like, girl, yeah. have you drink your water today? Have you yes. stayed hydrated? Are you loving on yourself? Because as givers, right? As givers, teachers, healers, and women of color, it's so easy for us to pour, pour, pour and forget to replenish. And, yes. um, I want to tap on. I, I want. I want to touch on that a little bit too. Um, just being a woman of color in this space and realizing your value. I know for me, it was really difficult at first, um, walking in my light and in my truth, and really believing how valuable I was. Like I didn't deserve dysfunction in relationships. I didn't mm. deserve settling. Um, I didn't deserve half, half empty friendships. I deserved fullness. In my entire life, in my entire being. But it took me a lot of trial and error to get there and to get what I wanted. How has that looked for you? Um, Finding that self value and really believing it, not just speaking it,
1: but believing it. It was through many a Tinder date. <laughs> <laughs> if I am being 100%, yes. I dated a lot of just, I just, I'm in fact, I was like, I could write a book. In fact, I am writing a book. Yes, ma'am. About all of these stories that I have, about the ways that I allowed myself to stay stuck in this narrative of like, this is, this is, this is all I can get. Um, you know, it's like kind of settling really. It's not even kind of, it's settling. I was like, you know, I was just, I didn't believe that I could have, you know, totally love filled, transparent, courageous, joyful relationships. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -hmm. So I can't, you know, after, and of course, you know, with all of these relationships, there, there comes a point where you're like, what am I, you know, there's a moment of like, Lucid, you know, you're lucid and then you start your, your process to free yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I did that over and over and over and over until Same. I was like, Jamila, girl, <laughs> are you, have you had, it? I got tired of myself. I'll switch it up, you know, like switch it up. So it has been, it also does feel like an evolved process to get here. And I still find myself sometimes being like, again, You know, really you're here. And that's why I remind myself, I honestly use social media because I, I need the reminders. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need, I need this reminder. And it feels like it's more solidified when I share out.
0: I, that's so funny that you say that because I had a woman ask me, does it feel more real when you share it or when Mm -hmm. you just simply do the work? And Mm -hmm. for me, I have to do the work first before I share and that's because we live for me and i want to i want to touch on this i'm so glad this conversation is flowing so organically because i have these notes down and we're like literally hitting these notes without even yes, trying yes yes for me social media has become really loud for people um including myself so there have been moments where i've just had to log off and i'll share something and i'll log off and i find that it's become kind of this self-care trend this self-care competition, this let me share to get validation on I'm on what I'm sharing. And I think that a lot of people have have been there, including myself, like, oh, my gosh, are the are are they going to like this or or whatever the case may be. Right. So what I started doing is doing the work, being intentional about the work, doing the work for me, writing the words for me and then being able to open up and share and reflect and therefore i guess assist other people how do you think self care has played a role in um social media and vice versa do you think that social media has kind of clouded um self care or mm. Mm, how people navigate the space or do you feel like it's helped because i'm on the fence about it 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 kind of it kind of i don't know makes me feel
1: weird sometimes Right. I mean, I think it's, I think it's definitely a yes. And Mm -hmm. it's both. I think that, you know, I was just reflecting on like how you have solidified the idea of self-care for however many hundreds of thousands of people. And that's like how honestly revolutionary that is. Mm -hmm. And that cannot be denied. You know, someone the other day told me, um, that people follow you, Because they trust you. There's something about you that they want to align themselves with. And that's, it's literally in the language. That's why they're called followers. Mm. People follow your journey. They follow your lead Mm. because they trust you to guide them. And I am also (laughs) the person like scrolling being like, her vacation look more fun than mine. (laughs) My meals never look like that. Right. (laughs) right. (laughs) I don't find no garnish just laying around. Right, right, right. (laughs) know, immediately kind of invalidating all of the, the work that I know to be true mm, about mm-hmm, myself mm-hmm. because of this, like, kind of, it's like mental trickery space. And so honestly, I, I am in the habit of unfollowing. I just saw your post. I, I went am. to
0: your social media just to kind of like dive back into some of these questions that I had. And I saw where you shared unfollow anybody who makes you feel bad about yourself. I am. Dive into that
1: it's Mm self-sabotage to give so much energy to things that make you feel less capable. And it's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. It's spending time with people who have small visions or who, who make us doubt our visions, not make us doubt. No one can make you doubt your vision, but you, but people who, you know, there are the doubters. There are people who are, who are afraid that they can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so they, they project that fear onto you. Mm -hmm. And, and you've got to recognize that it is your responsibility to protect your magic. Yeah. It's your responsibility to stay in your power and yeah. not to allow external things, whatever they may be, to distract you from your wellness and your joy. And I feel like there are certain, the internet is just set up. I mean, it's just capitalism, yeah, quite frankly. Absolutely. It's set up to market to you so that you feel like there's need. You would never buy something you didn't think you needed. Mm-hmm. So the system is built, literally ingrained into the system of the internet and mm-hmm. of, of social media. It's like looking and comparing and thinking that you need so that you stay engaged, so that you try to figure out what it is. So it's just kind of, it can be, I'm like, yeah, I have no, I'm like, I have no shame. I will unfollow everybody today. If doing so allows me to stay in my power, Mm. they, they can't, they, they can't do that. You know, you have to, I have to stay engaged. I'm like, no, you don't. You You have to stay engaged with yourself. Yeah.
0: yeah. Tap in. Yeah. Tap inward. And that is what I love about you and your work because you just seem So self-aware of the work that it takes to stay in your power, as you say, like to stand in your power. And Mm -hmm. I want to I want to circle back to the um, the Tinder dates and what was kind of your last straw, because you're in love now. You're partnered now and um, your partner, they are awesome and they seem to make you so happy Um, And you share some of you guys' truths. And um, I want to just circle back on before you met them and what was your last straw? Like, what did you have to do to attract the love that you have now? Because I know for me, I before I met Ryan, I was a shit show. Like my life was just kind of terrible. Um, And it was because not my life was terrible. My dating life was terrible. Let me just edit that because I knew I knew that I wanted a husband. I knew that I wanted monogamy. I knew that I wanted love and unyielding love. Um, And I knew that I wanted friendship. I wanted a love that was rooted in friendship. And I had never had that. So I was looking for it, looking for it, looking for it instead of saying, look for it within yourself. And then You'll be ready whenever your partner comes along. So I took a year off of dating, no sex, no entertaining guys. I was working on Alex. I was writing myself love letters a year straight. That's where Words from a Wanderer came from, the notes to self. And then I randomly met Ryan and we became friends and then we fell in love. So there's the work right there. I'm living proof that when you turn inward and you do the work, everything else will fall into place. So I just want to know from you, is that how that worked for you? Did you just kind of have to shut off and then recharge and then come back?
1: It's it's absolutely it's absolutely that I, I feel like the last straw was when I when I started to take myself seriously, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> when I started to take myself seriously and be like, you know, you're a writer, which means you should probably do some writing, mm. you know? And I was like, you know what, you, you're a writer and you, you could be a better writer. Mm. You should probably study a little bit. So I went to grad school to become a writer and I'm, you know, in this space and I, and I'm right before I go to grad school, I'm dating, you know, kind of my last my last boyfriend, yeah, <laughs> the final one, um, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was just kind of like, I have too much to do, honestly, mm-hmm. to be spending my energy here, um, where it's not being reciprocated. I'm not being restored and it's compromising my ability to do what I feel like I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of became, I just had to, I just had to stop. I just had to, I just had to cut it. I was like, I have, I've got work to do. And honestly, you're, um, you're in the way, you know, Mm. you're distracting me. Was
0: that hard for you? (laughs) Or had you gotten to the point where it was like, (laughs) I'm good. Like, I'm really good.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, I, it was hard. It it was hard because there's always then, you know, as soon as you make a confident decision there, here comes your ego. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just trailing behind. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are you, are you certain that you're going to be able to find what you're looking for? Or are you going to be making a huge mistake by letting this person go? Mm. Um, you know, and like, you know, is it that you are, maybe you are stubborn and maybe you are hard to love. Mm. So you know what if what if this person's doing you a favor? You mm. know by by. So of course you know then of course it's hard to ever you know to ever decide that you deserve more than you know mediocrity. Right. Because your ego is going to be yeah talk just talking mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's hard, and it was really sharing out. That allowed me to receive that external validation. I have no shame in saying the fact that people responded to what I was sharing allowed me to see its value. I was like, oh, wow, this is useful
0: for people. Okay. And you know, I like that you said that because I feel like there is good external validation because we're humans and we like that, but there's also negative external validation. So we just have to, you know, boundaries and balance because I feel the same way when I get messages And emails or I meet people in the street and they say, your words have completely changed my life. Your words are the reason why I have practiced. I have practiced self-care. Your words are the reasons why I stopped drinking. Your words are the reasons why I didn't kill myself. And I went to a therapist like Mm -hmm. that. That is that is power. That is that is soul. Power, like that's fuel, and that reminds me when I get down on myself because we all do. Like, am I really? Am I supposed to be doing this work? Am I good at doing this work? The minute I start doubting myself, the universe brings me someone who validates me and says, "Alex, you're supposed to be doing this work." And I had to re- had a oh my gosh, I had a meltdown maybe like a week ago because I just you know I had just had the baby and I was you know kind of out of commission with neon soul. Like I cut off my tour last year. The book is a year old now. I was like, am I going to go back on tour? The book is old in the literary world now. Like, what am I going to do? You know, people kind of have forgotten about it or or I was just giving myself all types of negative self-talk and focusing on the negative instead of what the work has done and what I have done to get the work to where it is. And I had to I had to stop and I had to really take a look at why do I do this work and who am I doing this work for? And I logged off the Internet because then you're on other people's pages and you're like, you know, this writer is a New York Times bestseller and I'm not. And all this all this stuff, it's it can be so loud. Right. And I turned inward and I had to just give myself a pep talk. And I had to go in the mirror and I had to say my affirmations. (laughs) And then I got an email from this woman to say, you know, I was melting down in my car and I walked into Barnes and Noble and I went to the poetry section. And your book is the only book that stood out to me because it has foiling on it. And I opened it and the first page shook me and I melted down in tears on the floor in Barnes and Noble. So thank you for, for helping me and healing me that day. That was after a night of me just being like, what the heck am I doing with my career? Like, where do I want to take it? And that is where I want to take it, whether it touches one person or a million people. I want people to feel the work and I I want it to settle into their hearts. Only 8% of New Year's resolutions survive the whole year. Those are long odds for a lot of important goals like, say, eating healthier. This year, you deserve a little help in the healthy eating resolution department. That's why there's Kenco. Kenko makes seriously nutritious smoothies for seriously busy people. Expensive store-bought smoothies are sugar-packed calorie bombs, and fresh-pressed juices have way less fiber. Kenko's breakfast smoothies are only made from organic whole fruits and vegetables, flash-frozen and slow-dried to lock in all the fiber and nutrients. Nothing added and no fiber taken out. Kenko smoothies are easy to make, no blender or juicer or kitchen needed. Pour the Kenko packet into your water or your favorite milk shake it up and take on the day go to kenco.com take their quick nutrition quiz and fill your flexible monthly order with your choice of 15 functional flavors that match your goals and taste each Kenko smoothie costs less than three bucks and packs half the daily fruits and vegetables you need to reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes heart disease and some cancers i can't even pick my favorite flavor i love them all Everything is delicious, and I would definitely recommend you giving it a try. Not only that, this is the easiest smoothie I've ever made in my life, so dive in with me. Start creating healthy habits right now. Go to kenco.com slash heygirl, pick out your favorite flexible monthly plan, and the first 100 listeners will get 25% off your first order. That's kenco.com slash heygirl, and get 25% off, but only if you're one of the first 100. You love this show and I love you. So get this special deal of 25% off for the first 100 listeners at k-e-n-c-k-o dot com slash heygirl. How have you been able to tap into that truth that you are supposed to be doing this work, you are supposed to be sharing this work And changing people's lives? Have you owned that and claimed that, or has that been a difficult thing to do? Both. Mm -hmm.
1: It's been difficult. And I, I think I've, you know, I feel confident that I've made some progress in that area to feel like this is something I should be doing. Um, but primarily, and just like you said, I do it really for myself first. I, it really does happen for me, not only because, you know, when I, when I write, when I'm, writing these stories of this, you know, this one night in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. it helps me remember and, Mm -hmm. and remember, I love this. This is from Toni Morrison. She talks about the idea of re-memory. And it's kind of like when you come back to yourself, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you break the word down, literally the etymology of the word to re is, you know, to repeat, to do something again, member, mm-hmm. um, is like the, the, you're the, you know, to be dismembered the parts of your body. So when we talk about remembering, it's like, you're putting all of your parts, you're remembering yourself. Mm-hmm. And it helps me, it helps me know how much growth I've done to talk about the me at 22 who was like staying up until 3 a.m. eating cheesy breadsticks and like drinking a six pack of PBR. Who was she? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she got me here. Right. So I got to tell, you know, I got to right. I gotta shout her out too, right. you know, because she knew something or two. She knew a thing or two about delight, mm-hmm. you know, and was not ashamed then. Mm. I feel like storytelling happens for me first and the reminders. I'm a journaler. I mean, you get it. Yeah. I have always, I have journals and journals. So it is a part of, it is just a part of the way that I am in the world. Yeah. I've constantly been observed. I mean, Harriet the Spy was like my I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Harriet. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love her. Cause I was like, she's a journaler like me. Yes. You know, like I she really resonated because I was like, I too observe the world. Mm-hmm. And that's always just been a thing that I've done. Mm-hmm. So it happens for me. And then it it is delightful. And really the scary part is like is is this valuable to anyone else? Yes. Or are you just like sharing these like, you know, I don't, is this valuable to anyone else? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And still, you know, I, I've, I've just stopped asking the question, you know, really, I'm just like, just do it. And it actually doesn't, it doesn't need to be, even if it's Mm -hmm. not, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because it's valuable to you.
0: Yeah. That just shook me. I love that. And that is the truth. That is the absolute truth. It is.
1: It is. But I need the reminders. Yeah, you know? it's like we all you know, do. <laughs> I so I so value. I mean, that's I think why this like the community, the the virtual community is so relevant because mm-hmm. I'm like I you are my reminder. You're mm-hmm. my mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, when I can't see it clearly, it's like I need to have the I surround myself with with reminders. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you remind people to do. It's like affirmations. It's mm-hmm. like you've got to write it down. down. Yes. You've got to look at it. You've yes. got to say it out loud. Yes. You need to remind yourself or you will
0: forget. Yes. And you, ha- and it has to become a ritual and it has to become a daily practice. The reason yes. why I started sharing the affirmations is because I needed the affirmations is <laughs> because I needed to find a new way to take to my journal and to take to pen and paper. So Journaling itself had become kind of redundant for me, like opening my journal and writing it down, closing the journal. And then it just wasn't it wasn't flowing for me for a while. So that's when the ripped pieces of paper came from. And I was just like, I'm going to write my love for self, my affirmation on this paper, and I'm going to collect them in a basket for a year. And when I collect them in a basket for a year, I'm going to chain them up. And I'm going to hang them in the house somewhere for the whole family to see. So I've been collecting my affirmations, shared and unshared, for almost a year now. And it's been such a beautiful journey because I need those reminders, you know. And sometimes it's so much easier to see it right in front of you, not bound to the journal, like you're holding it. You're holding that truth in your hand and You can look at it. You can put it in your pocket if you need it. You can stick it in the car. You can tape it to the fridge. It's free and it can follow you. And that's why the affirmations are on the paper. And I shared them because I needed that. I share what I need because I know that if I need it, someone else needs it. (laughs) We're not alone in this journey. We're not alone in this struggle. Like we are in this together. And that's what I tell. That's what I tell students. That's what I tell my girlfriends. That's what I tell my clients. Like, I don't have your answers. You have your answers. And we are in this journey of exploration and adventure and figuring it out together. So if I need it, you probably need it, too. And if you need it, please share it with me because I'm probably in the same (laughs) breath. Girl, I need that, too. Right. So I love that you're building the community that you're building via the Internet, but also off the Internet. You're offering coaching sessions. Um, can we talk a little about that? Like what made you want to step into that work?
1: So uh, most of that work happens actually virtually. Um, so I, you know, a lot of these people find me via things like Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, and reach out to me and that's how we get connected but uh initially you know it it started it started coming honestly when i was um when i was eating like rice and beans 5 days straight in graduate school thinking i i don't know if i'm about this life mm. because I, I'm not trying to be a starving artist. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, so I had this big kind of crisis and actually dropped out of grad school. I, I, I was there for an MFA in creative writing and I left after a year because I, I realized that I was spent, I was actually, I was spending a lot of money to kind of be Not having a lot of money. I was like, like, (laughs) (laughs) to to be broke. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Right. (laughs) This this is not resonating with my spirit. Right. Um, And so I started to think about when I'm a writer, when I'm offering, you know, the reason why I want to, the reason that I'm here Mm -hmm. is not so that I can, is not so that I can like make a ton of money. That's actually not why I went to grad school. I never thought that was going to happen. Right. But I wanted to be able to be excellent at what I was doing. Yes. So that I could. Sell it with confidence. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And that's not a skill they teach you in graduate school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this, I don't need this. Right. Um, But I had to start thinking of what I was doing as something that could be monetized. I had to start thinking that way. And a lot of people are like, ooh, no, you can't think about money. You have to. You have to think about money because what they want you to do is be wearing yourself, you know, running yourself ragged Mm -hmm. so that you can't do your work anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it is in fact a trick of the enemy. Okay. Mm -hmm. For us to be convinced that we don't get to, to flourish Mm -hmm. by doing this work. So I started, I started coaching because I started thinking, you know, I'm doing, people are always reaching out to me what can can i get your opinion on this can yes. i get your insight mm-hmm. about this yeah. what do you think about this yeah. i have this experience with my lover yeah. my mother my sibling my boss myself and they they want my insight and so at a certain point i had i had too many receipts for me to be for me to for, to believe anymore that what I had to offer wasn't valuable in Hello. that way so I thought okay I want to be able to do this but I can't be doing this with integrity I can't be excellent at it mm-hmm. if I'm doing all this other stuff all the time mm-hmm. I gotta quit the day jobs mm-hmm. I gotta quit like you know being exhausted from standing on my feet working at restaurants like I gotta quit running after these people's kids like I can't do this anymore <laughs> right um, right and so I need to or if, if I'm gonna do it and I want to I I have to get I need to start making it. Uh, I need to make it sustainable for myself. Yes. So then I thought, okay, I'm just going to offer it. To, I'm going to offer it as coaching. Um, and that was the kind of evolution of that idea, which is, I felt like I was kind of enacting a lot of my coaching work through writing for free. Yeah. And then when people wanted to kind of go deeper, get more involved, I thought I I really want to do this, but it requires so much that yeah. I, I I can't be doing all this other stuff. I got to be able to do it yeah. and focus on it.
0: Absolutely. And I love it. I absolutely love it. There. Are so many women of color who need safe spaces, uh, whether they're virtual or in person, and there needs to be educators, teachers, coaches that look like us to be sharing that insight um and to be leading um those conversations so I really like when I saw that you were diving into that work, you and a few other of my um friends had stepped into coaching, and I'm just like, yes, like this is what. We need we need to be able to help and to extend and to lead. Um, And then in turn, those people that we're helping extending to and leading are going to do the same thing. So we're creating this community and this conversation and this tribe of helpers, leaders and extenders. And that is like like that's huge. That's a huge legacy to leave behind on this world because who like like. Well, why wouldn't we want to do that? You know, like, why wouldn't we want to create more good in this in this world? Because we need it um, and, and we need each other. I always say it's so crazy. I want to I want get, to get your um, opinion on this. There's so many times people say like, I'll just turn it inward for a second. When I was hurting, I would say, I don't need anybody. I can do this myself. I don't need that. I don't need this. I don't need them. But in my meditations over the past maybe three years, I've learned that, and this comes up a lot, like we need everybody. We can't like, we can't do this life by ourselves. And an example is if you take the bus every day to work, you need the bus driver to drive you there. Right. If you are flying from DC to LA, you need the pilot to get you there. Like we need people. We need other people's experience and expertise and I stopped saying I don't need Mm. because in reality that wasn't the truth right and I realized every time I said I don't need I began to lack I was lacking I wouldn't get oh the universe is like oh you don't need that you know you don't need this Mm. so you're not going to get it (laughs) so you're not going to get it right Um, so I want to get your opinion on that. How do you feel about that narrative and kind of just reversing the, the language of saying of of lacking, because that's what it is.
1: Language is very powerful. And that is one of the things that I love the most about writing. Mm -hmm. When you say something is so it becomes, and and I'm like, it is so simple. I'm like, this is not just like some kind of tweetable. I'm like, no, actually try it. Mm-hmm. Write your goals. I spoke with a client the other day and I was like, what are your biggest dreams? <laughs> um, and you know, they tell me all of these like incredible dreams and I'm like, awesome. Have you written any of them down? You know what? No. I'm like, aha. Right. Because you, I was like, cause you know, I said, are you a writer? <laughs> because I know, you know that the moment you start to write down, right. you're gonna, your relationship to it changes immediately. Um, how do you- you feel about
0: changing the language, which I think Mm -hmm. that's where you were going from, I don't need, or I don't want to, I do need, right? Because we do need people. We do need certain things. And the minute we say we don't, we become less, not less than, but we start to lack certain things due to, you know, words are powerful and written words and spoken word. So how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's interesting to think about like the you know saying that you need or thinking that you need manifesting that reality of mm-hmm. lack in your life and mm-hmm. I struggle all the time with these kind of I have this internal battle between feeling abundant mm. um and not like you know it really does fluctuate like some days I feel like wow I have everything I could ever want or need and yeah. other days you know just like you're saying you have this these negative self these negative self talk moments yeah. where it's like all of that goes out the window so it's it's a useful reminder and I'm grateful um to to think about language being something that actually, you know, manifests the reality. And I feel like this is, you know, to, to go all the way back to the beginning of our conversation is one of the big reasons I practiced Buddhism Mm -hmm. because I find the language to be so illuminating, Mm -hmm. just like reading Buddhist philosophy. I'm like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, it's not a prayer is a determination it's i determine i determine for this to be my reality and every day i determine and i and i sit in that determination and when i am when i am ground that is what i mean when i say i'm in my power it mm-hmm. means i am still determined mm-hmm. i've stopped saying like i need this it's like i am determined to i am determined to have this and that reminds me that it's active yes you know it's it becomes more present it becomes a thing i'm like oh yes you're still determining to do that. Great. What you about to do about it today, right, you know, it becomes, right. it becomes an ongoing thing instead of just like a worry. Yes.
0: That, that, that is it. When did you step into Buddhism and when did you realize this is it for me? This is the language and the practice that I need.
1: I want to say it was 2000 and was it 2015, 2016. It was the summer where both Alton Sterling and Philando Castile were were murdered mm-hmm. kind of back to back it was like it's see I think it was in the same week and I had been dating my my partner for a few months um, who has been practicing Buddhism for 10 years okay and I was like I I'm done I'm logging off I, I can't do this anymore mm-hmm. I can't I cannot this and you know of course I was on my you know I I'm, I'm too powerful for distractions mm-hmm. I was like this is not helping me stay in my power I feel defeated utterly defeated by this. It feels never ending. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. And my partner was like, you know, you have a powerful gift to offer and you cannot allow the world to defeat you. You cannot allow it to defeat you. You've, you, you can find a way there is, that doesn't have to be. So I think that's what they said. It doesn't, you don't have to be defeated by the world. It is a possible reality for you to be able to look all of the world's violence and injustice and suffering in the face and, and not be defeated by it. So they were like, you know, I, I encourage you to try chanting. So part of, you know, I practice Nichiren Buddhism and it's characterized by the practice. It's a daily practice of chanting the title of the Lotus Sutra, Mm -hmm. um, which with the Lotus Sutra is one of the Buddha's most profound teachings because it dictates that every single person already contains Buddhahood is already Mm -hmm. inherently a a Buddha is a being characterized by infinite wisdom, infinite compassion, and Mm -hmm. infinite courage. That's what it means to be a Buddha, that you are enlightened to the reality of who you really are. And so, and so I started chanting as a way to, to remember, you know, that it's, that I am a person that has, that has healing capacity and the intention of, of actually all of this the intention of all of this you know the the bad news mm. all over is really to is really to take away my power mm. i mean that is i i cannot magnify that work you know when you when you literally you can literally kill somebody and take away their actual physical life and you can render someone hopeless which means they're no longer taking action to change anything which means they might as well I mean, you they're not useless, but you take away their power, you take away their life force. So I was like, I, you know, you're not going to take away my life. But if I allow you to take away my life force, I might as well be dead. There's nowhere to go, um, which is very morbid, you know, but it's kind of like, it became a very obvious reality that I couldn't be complicit. I was like, oh, if I let them defeat me, if I'm, if I'm allowing these systems to make me hopeless, then, you know, if if I'm hopeless, then I'm not going to try to change anything about it. And it just keeps happening. And then I'm complicit. So my practice really helped me see the ways that in fact, we are all complicit in what happens Outside, if we are defeated internally, then our environment will reflect our defeat. And so I didn't want, I was like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to, I, I got to, I need to make good. I need to create value. And that is, you know, the the organization that I practice with is Soka Gakkai International and it literally stands for Value Creation Society. It's this international community of people who are like, how can I create value from all of the hurt and all of the, the negative Things that we talk about turning poison into medicine. This is what I feel like I do. And now there's not only people who know what I'm talking about, but I can say, What are you doing to, you know, the, it's like, I'm, what are you doing to turn poison into medicine? I just feel like it is such a tribe. It has just changed the way that I relate to my surroundings. And it's helped me see that like nobody's responsible for my life but me.
0: So we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but I want to touch on. Your partner. I don't want to, I do not want to end this conversation without talking no. about the love that you guys have for one another. Um, when did they come into your life and how?
1: We met, uh, two years ago, two years ago in some change at Cal arts. When I was in, in grad school, I was a student <laughs> there and they were working. Um, they were on staff in the school of theater and we ran into each other at an open mic. The Black student, like Black Arts Collective was hosting an open mic and we both showed up. And. You know, I was in graduate school and they were working on staff and we kind of evolved into these roles as like the, you know, the parents, like we were like the auntie and uncle <laughs> of, you know, this group. And we were like, let me, you know, I've done undergrad. Let me tell you a thing or two mm-hmm. about how to throw an open mic, you know, like mm-hmm. I was just I feel like we we came from a place of experience. And so we collaborated first as friends and and collaborators, really. We were producing events together um and this kind of season of programming for this organization and um it was just such fun it was such fun and we worked so well together and then at a certain point they were like do you want to get dinner i was like huh <laughs> 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 hmm and then our friendship evolved and we started hanging out and you know now we're we're doing it we're doing the partnership thing which is um You know, it's when we first started dating, my partner said, I'm looking for a partner. Mm -hmm. I was like, (laughs) oh, right. Okay. Right. Put
0: it (laughs) out there. Can we just be clear? Can we just be clear? Put it out
1: there. Which was so uh, new. Mm. I was like, huh, wow. I mean, it was kind of like, this is exactly what I want. Um, And this is what I need. And when, and when there were discrepancies, it was a thing that was like, you know, wasn't like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to be mad at you. And it was like, I feel like I'm not getting this thing that I need from you. And I just want to, you know, have a transparent conversation about whether or not you feel like you have the capacity to provide it, or, you know, I'm trying to cultivate it for myself, but I would like support in these ways. Mm. Wow. Like this is a whole, this is something else.
0: It's new, right? Isn't it New. new? Isn't it so like, I, I, I'm hearing very similar connection that Ryan and I had. Like it it was just, it was, it was new. And I was just like, wow, somebody wants to be with me and love me and like not walk away from me when things get hard. Right. And that's what I'm hearing with you and your partner. Just like, like we're in this, like we're partners. Like this is a partnership. We're friends, we're lovers, but we're partners in this life. And right. that. Man, that's so special. And I really want everybody to feel this. Like, I don't I don't know if you've gotten this question, but a lot of people has have asked me, how did you know Ryan was the one? How did you know Ryan was the one? And I'm like, I don't know. You just know. And when I was asking a friend of mine years ago, literally year, maybe like seven or eight, nine years ago, when she met her partner. I was like, how did you know he was the one? Because I was looking, like, like, how do you know? Because no one seems to love me the way I need to be loved or how I love them. And she goes, I've been there, and you'll know when you know. And I'm like, girl, that is the most cryptic listen. <laughs> that doesn't tell right. me anything. Like, but come then on, Miss Cleo. Right. <laughs> give me something. What are you
1: saying? Right. <laughs>
0: but then I met Ryan and I was like, yo. This is what she was talking about this. You just know. And you know, because you feel, you don't feel empty. You don't feel lacking. You don't feel um, uneasy. You feel like this person is like down for me. And this person isn't going to just crap on me. They're going to love on me. And, That is something I hadn't had before. And I just want everybody to feel what you feel and what I feel in this, in our partnerships, because at the end of the day, it's so much deeper than a relationship, right? It's, it's layers to it. And man, just hearing you talk about that just gave me all types of feels.
1: One of the things that I think is most noteworthy about my current relationship Mm -hmm. is that this, for the first time, I am with somebody who, loves themselves.
0: Listen, deeply, Jamila, deeply.
1: Jam- and it is the difference. Jamila. Yes, It's the difference. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And so I don't have to worry mm. actually that I'm not good enough yep. because I've seen this person every single day, make decisions that prioritize their wellness and their joy. I have no evidence that this person would ever compromise it because it's so consistent and so it, it allows me to be courageous because I don't have to, I don't have to worry. You know, I, I know that we can both evolve together, you know, and I don't have to fear this, like, uh, you know, what if you, I don't know, what if I outgrow you or what if you yeah. outgrow me? That's yeah. not there anymore. It's just like, we're growing together, together. and, mm-hmm. and that's where we are. It's what what's happening right now. And I don't have to be like freaking out about what, what it's going to be, but right now we're growing together and it feels great.
0: Oh that that that's everything literally everything last thing you got a haircut and you look beautiful
1: Thank and you are you. making me
0: miss my bald head so what brought that on like you look amazing and you just your smile your face is glowing your smile is even bigger and brighter like how do you no. feel with this with this new look
1: i feel I feel good. It's you know, so I'm like, oh wow, you know, I look at myself and be like, oh right. Um, in the mornings, like you have no hair on your head. Um, but one of my friends said, now everybody will just assume you're a Buddhist. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I was like, you know, that's not a bad thing, right? Um, you know, I don't hate it, um, but I feel good. It feels it feels good to experiment and just to kind of switch it up such that you can experience, you know, what changes when you change. It just I feel like that is one of the things that brings my life a lot of joy is, you know, like just just trying something new and seeing what it teaches you or what it what it brings you and it's so it's I mean and it does change the way you're seen in the world. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. It's like when I'm walking around the world with no hair, Uh, The way that I'm perceived is much differently when I've got like a big, you know, fluffy Afro puff, you know, and a pineapple on top of my head. Like I'm it's the people see me differently. So not to say that there's any value assigned to being, you know, to whatever mode of expression one chooses, but it's 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 been so valuable for me to be able to witness and to learn from that kind of freedom of expression and the diversity of expression that I've given myself permission to, to play with. Um, it's, it's huge. It reveals so much.
0: I, I love it. And you look amazing and beautiful and you. you are glowing. Um, so to conclude our conversation, I wish I could talk to you all day. I really do. This was just so filling for me. Um, so thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to hear it.
1: And same always.
0: Oh, love. Let's give people some self-care tips to walk away with. So Mm. your top three self-care tips, what
1: are they? My top three self-care tips are one, stop judging the way you feel. Mm. There's no judgment in being tired Or cranky or hungry or low energy or sad whatever it is don't judge it just be with it listen to it and then respond that's number one number two surround yourself with people who will remind you when you need to be reminded Whatever that can be a therapist that can be um, you can have I don't know your alarm in the morning be a recording of whatever whatever it is, surround yourself with reminders because it's easy to forget and the world is actually set up for you to forget. And number three, be curious about how you might feel better and function better. And when you have that curiosity, you will find the answers everywhere and it won't be something that feels burdensome. It'll be a joyful pursuit of your best self.
0: Thank you, Jamila. Thank you so much for this conversation. I
1: Thank you, Alex. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai.